I want to share with you my experiences with the beginning of time. With the creation of the first stellar cell and its demise in the Big Bang and Great Faint. Those two events created the first black hole, the first eye of God. You will sense the seeding of the future universe with the remnants of that cell's life and its recreation as the evolutionary path of the cosmos. As I read this meditation, please remember that I think I have simply opened an aperture into myself where the illusion of separation dissolves. Hence, I'm talking with the one self as myself, an event we all experience to some degree, although our access to it is uneven. In my meditations, I have been noticing, I had been noticing squiggly lines and balls. Finally, I thought to say, if this is important, I need to see some change. I need to see something happen. The light began to move immediately through the squiggles, igniting explosions with other squiggles and resulting in images that remained the same, except they contained more light. The lines were filled with light, and the balls were no longer solid black, but appeared as bullseyes. The center, dark, surrounded by white and ringed with a black circle. Following the meditation, which I'll now read to you, I decided to record the events as they occurred because I wasn't sure that I had remembered the sequence of events correctly. I called this meditation the Creation Meditation and recorded it on January 9th, 2000. Ah, I have just completed a meditation in which I sounded the OM and again saw those squiggly lines with small dark circles attached. Asking what I was to see, I heard the word creation several times. I saw explosions of white light and then a star in the middle of those explosions. The star, not having the traditional number of points, could have been drawn by a child. I saw purple light around and extending from one of the triangles that formed the star. It seemed to be shooting outward. I became aware of discomfort at the base of my sternum and was told to watch for creation to happen there. Place the left hand of God on your head and the right over your sternum, the solar plexus. I did so. Once I felt the flow established, I was told I could remove my hands. I prayed for removal of any block that prevents divine light and love from flowing freely through me at all times. Sensing a dark, hard core in the area of discomfort, I watched with my mind's eye as a dark form in the shape of a black-eyed pea with bulbous ends appeared. Soon I became aware of a star shining one intense beam on this form. I watched as the form became white, surrounded with a pink, red, orange, but basically pink color. In short order, the now white form disappeared, blinking once or twice very briefly before it was gone. So what was I watching? I was aware that it bore some resemblance to my experiences as a body worker 
the recognition of the mass, its dissolution, and energy moving. Self, you got it. You are a conduit in your body work, a bright and shining star, beaming the appropriate energy through your hands to the area of need. You're curious about the beginning. Janet, of course. Self, there are no words. Janet, make one up. Self, syncopation. Janet, what does that mean? Self, the creation of synchronicity. Synchronicity is the subjective experience of two events often happening at the same time that are connected through their meaning and that cannot be explained by cause and effect. We tend to call them eerie coincidences. Janet, I looked syncopation up in the dictionary. You didn't make it up. I thought it sounded familiar. Webster's definitions are fascinating. Syncopate, the first definition. To, short, to shorten a word by syncope. Two, music. To shift the regular accent as by beginning a tone on an unaccented beat and continuing it through the next accented beat or on the last half of a beat and continuing it through the first half of the following beat. To use such shifted accents in a musical composition, passage, rhythmic pattern, etc. Syncope, noun, to cut. The dropping of sounds or letters from the middle of a word, as in Gloucester, for Gloucester. Two, a fainting or loss of consciousness caused by a temporary deficiency of blood supply to the brain. Wow, if I put these words together in a slightly different way, this, this comes up. A fainting or loss of consciousness due to being cut away from the source. A shortened version of God ushered in on an unaccented beat, but continuing through the coming beats, the dance of life. How do you like that? Later, I noticed that dropping the letter O from the middle of the word God and sounding the O alone yields the sound ah, the sound of good lovemaking and other co-creative acts. Self good and essentially accurate. Janet, creation was an accident due to some glitch that caused God to lose consciousness? Self, not exactly. The decision to faint was a conscious one, sending out the chords, sounding the chords of creation. Janet, why? Self, it has an imagination like yours. Janet, is that the only reason? Self-source thought it would be fun. And what does source think now? It's fascinating. Syncopation suggests the importance of sound. What about the light? Self, all came from light, ushered in, as you put it, on the wings of sound, lightning and thunder. 
That's why you're so fond of thunderstorms. You recognize creation sounds. Immediately following this meditation, I allowed my anatomy and physiology book to open, just fall open in my hands. My squiggly lines and balls immediately met my eye. Messenger RNA and ribosomes. I read about them. They are essential to the creation of life. I knew something important was happening. Several weeks later, on March 4th, I recorded the Eye of God meditation. I will read it to you now. Self, your anxiety is up a bit now. Ah, whose wouldn't be? My hands have become very hot and prickly. What's up? Self, we will use them with more facility now. Just let go. We will take over. How do I want to do this? Maybe I should begin at the beginning. When I looked in the eye of God, I saw all possibilities and knew it was good. So I took a deeper breath and breathed life into the back of my eye where you live. And through that act, a fainting occurred and you appeared. The love I saw in my own eye was breathed into all I reflected and fell open into my outstretched arms outstretched to allow all to be as it desired, to evolve as it saw fit, guided always by my love, but not imposed upon by my preconceptions of how life should be. We roll all into a ball of life and love and take a shot at opening all eternity to the wonder of exploding stars and galaxies and little critters and dancing of waves and light and bouncing of particles of light and love and consciousness playing throughout it all. Then you stood up and became creators with me. And it was good. And we continue as you come to know more and more who you are and you give up the fear and allow the moonbeam and the sunlight to play through you the great mystery of life and love and brotherhood. All are correct in their assumptions. I am who am and all there is. And you are too. And all of creation has evolved as the dance continues, but never unguided by love, never abandoned and never used, always respected and unjudged. As you open with me to the limitlessness of, of choices that seem so finite in the beginning. All is well, even in the death of a murderer and a child. All is well. For you serve the evolution toward perfect understanding of who you are, and your bodies become less and less significant. As the tensions rise in your world, know that they simply signify a clearing, an opening into more recognition of greater choices, of greater freedom. Do not condemn each other. All is necessary to the coming of perfect understanding, a perfected brotherhood. For I am the Lord thy God, and I live as surely in each of you as I live at all. For you are me, and I you. Ah, damn, that was beautiful. Self, we'll do more later. Ah. Can we continue? Your words raise some interesting questions. Self, 
Okay. You say you guide, but do not determine the destiny of creation. Our lives are not predetermined. Indeed, they are not. What would be the point of free will or of co-creating? Ultimately, all returns to me, but on the terms of the degree of consciousness achieved by the individual. Ah, uh, what does that mean? Self, I am all that is always. Each life is consecrated in the beginning with the love of its creator. Though he kill and maim, he is still me, lost in human form. What he does not clear from his form will recreate itself around him, even as he leaves the physical self that you see. He continues to work with all of it on another level, transmuting it ever to a higher vibrational level. Ah, my soul is cramping. Is that a sign that I'm not hearing this from you? Oh, I'm surprised, because I meant to type my gut, not my soul. Self, no, it is simply your fear of imposing your own thoughts. You will become clearer in time when you're doing that. Don't worry, and we will correct any errors in time. The following is my view, the perspective I have gleaned of our forgotten past, laced with the synchronicities of the creative process as captured by my eyes. For me, God is simply all that is and all that is not. Full potential, both manifest and not. Think of the one as a point at the center of a sphere. That sphere is composed of myriad cones of potential which share a common apex, the point. Think of these cones as simply potential projections of the one, the one undivided at the center of the sphere. In the beginning, the one, please choose your own word here for what I choose to call full potential. The one made a decision. To decide means to just cut away possibilities. From full potential, from all possibilities, the one made a choice, projecting itself as the first light cone of space-time. The mind's eye of God was born. Within this first conical field, within the light of this first mind's eye, the one created a stellar cell, a living expression of itself. Its life heralded the birth of space-time awareness. Christians call this stellar cell the Garden of Eden. I call it the Garden of Bliss to relate and to include all visions, all similar visions. In sync with the one, we now look out on our physical world through an echo of that first conical field. Of course, our fields are restricted, 
but we notice that our visual impressions occur within a conically shaped field. That is, the further away we look, the more we can see. The apex of the cone seems to lie somewhere between our physical eyes. Deep in the center of the brain, between the eyes, lies a tiny cone-shaped structure called the pineal gland. Eastern traditions associate it with the mind's eye. It governs the light and dark, the open and closed eyes of the one. Having shared itself in this great act of love by birthing a stellar cell, the one then decided to give this cell access to itself as full potential. Making a wish on that first star, be with me, the one penetrated the cell with the possibility of becoming, of being with the one. Unable to hold the vision of full potential, the little cell fainted. The eye of the one closed, withdrawing its projection and splitting consciousness as the cell collapsed in what I call a great faint and big bang. These words in the creation meditation took on new meaning once I learned about the eye of God. In short order, the now white form disappeared, blinking once or twice very briefly before it was gone. Those words echoed the closing of the eye of God over its stellar cell. They suggest the great faint and big bang. The eye closed as the cell lost consciousness, creating the first physical eye Think of this sphere and its phone and, and its cones of potential. The central point is the one. The cone holding the cell was the first cone of creation. During the cell's demise, the light cone collapsed in a series of concentric circles around the central point. The central point is the pupil the concentric circles, the iris of the eye. Giving the collapsing cell access to itself as full potential, the one projected itself in the direction opposite the first light cone. See this new structure in your own mind's eye as the dual cones of creation and potential. I saw my first, synapse, my first image of synapse, a bullseye, in a 2006 issue of Scientific American. Our cameras had finally captured the phenomenon. The eye, with its pupil and iris, is the first synapse. It links the cone of creation to the cone of potential. These words in the creation meditation suggested synapse as the star connected with the black-eyed pea in my solar plexus. I watched as the form became white, surrounded by a pink, red, orange, but basically pink color.
Having put all of this together with the help of my meditations, I was delighted to come across an artistic rendition of a primordial black hole. It looks like an eye. The arrows indicating its collapse spoke to me of the impregnation of the cell by sperm-like arrows. The image spoke to me of the Great Faint and the Big Bang. As the Eye of the One reopened, the projected field of space-time awareness now beheld and now beholds remnants of the first cell in the form of hydrogen, helium. You get the idea. The mind's eye of the one now holds its evolving body, the universe. It holds the space for the evolution of its wish on the first cell. Be with me. It holds the space for the evolution of its wish. Become. Those remnants are free to become, to respond or not, to the wish of the one on that first star. Many different kinds of expressions emerge. In time, we emerge, conscious beings seeking to remember and recreate here and now the life in that first cell, to remember our time in the Garden of Bliss. We seek to understand what happened and to reconnect. We tell each other stories to help us remember. In Christianity, the first cell is the Garden of Eden. In the Hindu myth of the lightning god Indra, Abrahma is depicted as the ultimate reality, seated on the star. With the opening and closing of its eyes, the Brahma gives birth and destroys universes. Thus the sacred play of the one unfolds as God becomes the world and in the end becomes God again. I see each of us as a star in the mind body of God, creating and recreating our personal universes within that larger body of the oneself. The mind's eye is the key to the play. In fact, our physical eyes are intimately related to ancient stars. They are composed of atoms whose nuclei were made inside stars that ex exploded long ago. On the quantum level, an irreducible link exists between the stars and our eyes. Tiny packets of light called photons travel between the two. According to quantum field theory, a photon cannot be emitted unless there is something out there, something exists to receive it. According to Einstein's theory of relativity, it takes no time at all, no time at all, for a ray of light to enter the eye. Although our fields are more restricted than that of our source, we do see through the eyes of the one. However, our interpretations of what we see are quite often another matter. They often lead us to illusions of separation that Einstein sought to combat by advocating his circles of compassion. In this podcast, I've already made mistakes. Both are related to time. 
I, I said that Einstein joined my meditations in 2005. Actually, it was earlier. And I first slipped a thread of kundalini through the top of my head in 1996, not 1995. I was only remembering that it happened a few months after Dad's death in late 1995. References back to my early or earlier work, my books, have corrected me. Although Albert Einstein is said to have stated that God does not play with dice, the following meditation suggests he has changed his mind. Travels with Einstein is what I call this meditation, and I recorded it on May 3rd, 2003. Ah, now I am available. Self, Einstein is waiting. Ah, sorry, I, I have thought of you several times. I guess the timing wasn't right. I'm awfully tired tonight, so maybe tomorrow morning would be better. Einstein. Sounds perfect. I just want you to know something. You have orchestrated a dance at the highest level because, as you have guessed, you have managed to pull back your projections and open to pure being. I, I, want, to I want to experience that, and that's why I have come. Together, we'll understand much that will help the world. Ah, uh, God, do you agree? I find no answer. Self, project upward and wait. Ah, want to go tonight, I? Einstein, delighted. Ah, I hear the glee, the whoops as we travel upward. <laughs> Must be him. I sense us approaching something. The mind of God? Something. We are slowed. Look up, I, with me, into the eye of God. I sense a great chasm as we seem to enter the black hole of the pupil. No control now. No beam of light. No weight. No sense of I. Floating. Expanding. Past the matter at the back of the eye. I sneeze really hard. Are you okay, I? Einstein. Yes. Ah. Uh, I go hot all over, a cauldron, losing myself. I remember, I think that I came here before, and there was a turning inside out, but I don't sense that now, just heat. Now I'm grounding strongly, mild nausea. Self, we see you have brought Albert. Ah, I am seeing the image of one of my dad's old washing machines. It's like we have just come up from inside through the middle shaft and are now in the tub, which would spin, as I remember before. But it's not spinning or rocking, just stillness. Yes, I have brought eye. As an aside, my family owned a help-yourself laundromat and during my teenage years, I often handed Dad the tools he needed to repair the washers, especially patience and humor. As he lay on his back on the floor, peering upward. What do you want to know, Albert?
Einstein, how did I get here? Self, on a beam of an intention so clear and pure that it connects deeply with the mind of God. Einstein, is that how it works? Self, that's how it works. When you withdraw all your projections, or at least enough to begin to look up, then you begin to create that beam of pure intention to reconnect. Einstein, so you really fainted? Self, yes, basically. Can I ask what you are, what you were before the beginning of time? Self, pure potential, then and now. Einstein, and you decided to channel that potential into an experience of other? Self, precisely. Einstein, why? Self, curiosity and a desire to experience myself as other than myself. It's a little disconcerting. Einstein, is it worth it? Self, can any parent seriously doubt it? Ah, my whole body is becoming energized, especially on the left. What's happening? Self, pure potential. You will direct it. Ah, help me use it wisely to encourage many, many reconnections. Self, is that what you want? Ah, I should think so. That would help us all. What do you want? Self, a free expression. Ah, then I open myself to be a free expression of the energy of the one without preconceived notions of how that should look or what will happen. The energy is strong in my body, more so on the left. I feel a judgment issue come up in me. Let's burn it out. Open my heart to myself. I'm aware of changes in my body. What are you doing, I? Einstein, observing. Ah, observing what? Einstein, the changes in your form. Ah, which are? Einstein, blue predominating. Ah, I tune in and feel the tightness in my throat. I thought we came for I, but I seem to be getting all the attention. Everything seems quiet. I don't have any sense of anyone else. My anus calls my attention uncomfortably. I am imagining myself as the tub of a washing machine, the shaft coming up the center, up my spine, my body, the tub. I sense the rocking back and forth, my form opening and closing on the left. I want to go home. My gut is cramping a little. Ready, I? Einstein. Yes. Can we come back? Ah, uh, can we, God? Self. Whenever the desire serves the evolution of the whole, when pure intent and desire to work with the whole is your intent. Ah, uh, can I ask a question? If I'm really here, how come I still feel my body? My ears are ringing loudly. Self. Resurrection issues? Ah. I open my eyes and I am clearly in my form, although we have not traveled back. Self. 
So uh, you are in many places at one time along a continuum of you. Ah, uh, like an echo. You. You finally culminating in my physical form, penetrating all the brains. Can you give me a sign that something real has happened here tonight? Self. Page 37 of the Universe in a Nutshell. Ah. Uh, I'll check. Let's go, I. Thanks for the interview. My back is beginning to ache. My head, too. We travel down. I gets off at the third brain. Oh, maybe I just made that up. Clarify it for me in time, please. After we finished that night, I sat in my rocking chair looking at page 37, a full-page rendition of a cone of light with the observer at the apex looking back through time toward the beginning of the universe. More than a year later, I read the following in the Tao of Physics, which was written by Joe Capra. Quote, Mach's conception of inertia had a deep influence on Albert Einstein and was his original motivation for constructing the general theory of rel relativity. Unquote. The author used a washing machine to illustrate the concept. So here we are. When we meet again, I will share with you how I experienced Earth's role in, our, in, in the body of our cosmic parent. It threatened to give me a heart attack. My body has healed dramatically since those early meditations. As I now say goodbye, I'm sending you a cosmic hug for joining this work. See you again.